On today's show, we're going to talk about a real sexy Cavs topic. Do they need to invest in a backup center that is better than Robin Lopez? I'm going to answer that question and explain why it is harder than you might think and not as important as you might think on today's show. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. I am Chris Manning, covering the Cavs credentialed at Fear the Sword, Spanish Cleveland Magazine, Dime, a whole bunch of other places. Evan Damro, my co-host, is not with me today, but Jake Stevens, as always, is on production. And the music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astral Radio. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at PrizePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on, that is prizepicks.com. The promo code is locked in. All right, today's show is all about backup bigs. Number one, in segment one, what the Cavs got from Robin Lopez, and, and really why Evan Mobley is the backup big, the backup big, in air quotes. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe if you haven't. That matters. Segment two, why the Cavs can't really invest in a backup center in a vacuum. There are ways they could. We'll talk about it in segment three. Some names to know. Some na- We're going to name some dudes. Just a great thing to do on a podcast. To start with Robin Lopez, this is a bit player. This is a minimum contract player. 37 games. Basically played where there were injuries and foul trouble and whatever else demanded minutes from bigs, not named Jared Allen or Evan Mobley. Maybe the most memorable thing of Robin Lopez's 2022-23 season to me was when he was narking on the on his brother Brooke to the ref saying that he played Officer Kripke and just trolling his brother. That that no offense to Robin, who seems like a genuinely nice guy, who I loved how he just showed up wearing a Seattle Manners hat and whatever just you know fit him well, whatever. Just like that's my energy on on from a fashion standpoint. I love that he just showed up that way. But that was that was the highlight of his season is him narking on his brother to the refs. That's, that's kind of the peak of the Robin Lopez Cavs experience. If you were to say, what was the singular Robin Lopez moment? That would be it. So what does that tell us? What does that, the fact that, that Lopez played 37 games tell us? It tells us that despite the Cavs having these two bigs in their starting lineup, the fact that they play big. Cleveland skewed a little bit smaller this year than it did the year before when it had Lowry Markkinen and Kevin Love. Kevin Love, by the way, in the NBA Finals, contributing game two. I'm gonna, we'll talk about that later in the week, but a little, little salt in that, in that wound. Hey, if, I'm, if I was a diehard, I'd be a little annoyed. Just saying. Mobley, in reality, considering what we know from Lopez, was the real backup center. Robin Lopez was brought in because he was a minimum contract guy who fit the statistical kind of framework of what you want from a Cavs center. What the Cavs have wanted in their centers are guys who don't foul a lot and contest slash block shots. That is what Robin Lopez does in a vacuum. Does he provide you much else? He doesn't provide you like a lot else. You know, his offensive game is lacking at this point in his career. He's not a vertical spacer. He's there for fouls when you need them. And he's there to contest shots without committing fouls if he's actually playing drop. 
That's kind of what he is. I think the Cavs looked at him and thought, okay, if Jared Allen gets hurt, we're going to have a drop-off. But at least with him, he doesn't foul, and he can play drop, and we can do some similar-ish stuff, even if it's not exactly the same. I understand that bet. This is a cap league. This is a cap sport. You're going to have limits on what you can spend. That's just the reality. That is just a, a, a part of all of this. I think it is also possible that we are now looking at this and thinking about the cap centers and thinking about how they're, they got beat up by Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein. I think that is fair, to be clear. I think that series felt like they needed someone else to turn to. I think it is also worth noting that there might be need to look at Evan Mobley and think that he's kind of still the four who's going to struggle to play five all the time. That being said, the lineups with him in the, in the regular season with him at the five were generally very good. They were spaced out. They were attacking. They, they looked nice. They outscored teams by 8.2 points per 100 possessions. That's pretty freaking good. I would be pretty happy with that if I'm Cleveland. But he gets to the playoffs in that five-game sample, and against the Knicks in that specific matchup, they got outscored by 5.5 points per 100 possessions. So let's just all of that. Take that all. Here's what I would ask. Is the call for an investment in a, for a backup big better than Robin Lopez? Substantially better than Robin Lopez, I would say, is the general consensus of what you'd want, and that, that certainly would be ideal. Is that a playoff-only question? Was that a situational matchup-only thing? I don't see the teams in the finals playing real backup centers. Now, you could say one of those teams has Bam Adebayo, and the other one has Nicole Jokic, a two-time MVP. Certainly fair. Certainly fair that those two teams have elite centers. Centers that I think are definitely better than Jared Allen. Okay? Bam Adebayo is better than Jared Allen. That's, that, to me, is a guy, is one of the, maybe the best defender pound for pound of the league at certain points. Jokic is Jokic. Okay? But we don't see teams at the highest level anymore having, like, a ton of money invested in center. The Knicks are kind of an anomaly in that way, that they have Hardenstein and Robinson to eat up those 48 minutes. I don't see like a massive call or a trend to say invest big time at backup center and you will profit from it. I think having multiple bigs is good. I think in a vacuum, do the Cavs want someone better than Robin Lopez to be their third string center, to be their third big? Yeah, I think the answer would be yes. I think in an ideal world, you would have that. And that would be just something you check off the box. You don't worry about it anymore. Is it something they can really afford to invest in? Is it something they really need? Is it something that is going to drastically change what the team is, what its ceiling is? I would argue no. I, I think you can look at where Mobley is going and think he has to grow into that from Rich's potential. I think that is baked in here. You also just have other needs, okay? You have other needs. I think ideally you would find someone who's better than Robin Lopez and you would say, okay, someone a little more in their prime, a little more serviceable, who can give you some more real regular season minutes. Maybe you commit to just playing this guy. Maybe you go out and get someone that even if they cost a little more than the minimum, you say, okay, we can play with this guy and get punch from him over the course of the regular season and he can, and it's someone that we can really bank on. Like, I think in a vacuum, you would love to have Nas Reed as your backup center. You can't afford him. You're not going to be able to afford him. I think he's, even if he takes a mid-level, I don't know if that's the way I would use my mid-level. Someone like Mason Plumlee would be awesome, right? Is that worth the money when you have these other needs? That is the question. So we're going to get into that after the break, because that to me is the crux of this. 
yes, in a vacuum, you would like to go get someone to be a better backup big. So if you need it, if a series calls for it, if the regular season demands it, for whatever reason, injuries, foul trouble, whatever, you can go to another center that is better than Rolo. But is it a priority considering financial stuff? I would argue no. We'll talk about that after this. First, though, I've got to tell you about our friends at Prize Picks. All you got to do to play Prize Picks is pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you win if you guess right. You win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people, it is just you versus those projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes the NBA, the NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, and many, many more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational over 30 states and Canada. You download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. So if you deposit 100, PrizePix will give you 100. Deposit 50, PrizePix will give you 50. Don't forget to enter that promo code LOCKDOWN at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thanks for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Every day is I'll be back tomorrow diving into Evan Mobley at the five in detail. It is a big, big thing that is part of his future. I think it's going to be a two-parter on what Mobley's future at the five looks like and where it could go next season, what worked last season. There's a ton to unpack there, so please come back tomorrow for that. Okay, so money, finance, cap sheets, things of that nature, crab and good, things of that nature. Cleveland has other needs at center that they need to spend money on. Okay, needs that I think are bigger than their backup big spot. They need wings. They need wings that they can trust. They need wings that other teams fear in the playoffs that can shoot threes that can defend. They need their version of Bruce Brown on the free agent market. They need their version of getting KCP in a trade. They need their version of finding Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin and all these guys off the junk heap and turning them into real players via player development and getting them at at very good prices on, on your books. You need that more than you need a backup center. Cleveland does also not have a ton of assets. They're going to have minimum contracts, and they're going to have the middle level exception, and they're going to have a second round draft pick. There are trades as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit and kind of that, that path. But they don't have like limited assets that they can just go out and choose what they want to do and choose their own adventure, so to speak. I think if I'm Kobe Altman, if I'm Mike Gainsey, if I'm J.B. Bickerstaff having the voice of the coaching staff, I, I want wings more than another center. 10 times out of 10. This is a wing-dominated league. Yes, it is helpful to have another big. You would like a big better than Robin Lopez. But I would argue that considering where this team is at, a wing who could move the needle for you is going to have a much higher level of impact than a center. A center who, like Evan Mobley is going to play some five. That's really good for him. It, the, the lineups worked really well in the regular season. You probably just want a four that fits better with Evan Mobley than you want another five. You want Dean Wade to ascend into that role. You want to get lucky and get Grant Williams to play that role or whatever. Bojan Magdanovic via trade for like a, a real veteran option. Just something. You would rather use that to me than a backup center. It's, I, if I have $12 million to spend in the mid-level exception, I'm Kobe Altman. 
why am I blowing that on a backup center? Why? What what would the point of of using that to address that need be when you have these other ones? I like I understand it is a need. There was talk, you know, Jason Lloyd wrote about this. I, I think others have wrote about this. There, some of the names they've been linked to from Fedor and others have mentioned bigs. I get it. I get that there is like some intrigue in like getting another big who's better than that. And that you feel like the playoffs were a need. You also just have other needs that I think are bigger, that are more important to how basketball is played in 2023. I think the apex of this team is going to involve Evan Mobley at the five to some degree. Those lineups have to work for you to hit your potential. You, you could go another route and say Jared Allen, you trade Jared, if you do a Jared Allen trade at some point, you could try to get like Avicii Zubac back. Maybe the, you do something with the Clippers where Allen goes there or whatever. You get Zubac and then you go get another center at like 5 million and you say, okay, Zubac plus this other guy plus Mobley is better than Allen at 20. You could talk me into that. But am I like rushing to do that? No. I would rather take my $12 million in the mid-level exception and in a vacuum Spend it on a wing. You're not like if you could get Nas Reed for twelve million dollars, great. I I would probably do that. But like, am I throwing money at like your mid level, your one way to get Christian Wood? No. Mason Plumlee, like at thirty four, like serviceable guy, but that was a buyout guy. That was that guy's fine. Is he like worth like a chunk of my mid level? When you need wings, probably not. Is Dwight Powell like moving the needle for me? Probably not. Thomas Ryan, probably like no. What do we do? Like, what are we doing here? And I'm not saying that the wing market is great. The free agency market for what Cleveland needs in their assets is not great. Like, I don't know if you're getting Harrison Barnes, who I think would be great for them, but is he coming from the mid level? Probably not. Kelly Oubre, Dylan Brooks, like Tory Craig. Like, I, none of these names are like jumping out, jumping out of the gym for me. Maybe Bruce Brown opts out and you could call him. Okay. Like, cool. I like Bruce Brown. Be a good fit. Is that 100% moving the needle for you? No. Like, there's not going to be perfect answers here. That's kind of the part of the problem. And look, you could trade for wings. Sure. Let's see if you, let's say you make a trade, you get Royce O'Neill. You could then go use your money on a big. That could be cool. But to, for, for us to like say that they, that is plan A, I don't think we have the information. We're not in the rooms. It's too early for that. Drafts, well, maybe we get some rumors around draft day and that kind of stuff. We need to see how the market shakes out before we really understand what is going on here and see what paths are available. Maybe, again, someone shakes loose. Maybe two people shake loose. They reshuffle the wing rotation and they figure this out and they can spend on a big. That could be great for them. We just need to say that that has to happen before we can declare it a path, a real path, a viable path that we can quantify. When I look at their paths, to me, it is probably getting a minimum to guy again or sub-minimum guy. Maybe you split the mid-level, part of it goes to a wing, part of it goes to a big. We'll talk about some names in segment three. You could do that. And I think that would be okay too. But it, this is not like, this is not the position to like invest your real estate in. I get the Nick series went a certain way. That is not going to be every matchup for you. And look, again, we're going to talk about this more in the next couple of days. I am, at least. You can at me, whatever. You may have a YouTube talk about it with me. That's cool. Please do. Subscribe. The real answer is that Evan Mobley is maybe just going to be better. Like, that is not like a... Put, put this on a graphic for me to post on Instagram or YouTube short or whatever. Like, the answer to the Cavs backup center 
solution is probably just that Evan Mobley is better and adds muscle and gets bigger and is better equipped to handle it in really physical situations in year three. It it could be that simple. Like, it, it might be that simple. It really might. Evan Mobley, in his future, is going to play a bunch of five. It's inevitable. How fast does that scale up, I think, is an open question. How much muscle does he add without kind of taking away from what makes him him, I think, is an open question. I think that's a fair question. But the lineups with him at the five in the regular season were really good. If you add wings, those are probably going to get better because the spacing will be better. You can play faster that way. He also is, I would expect, going to come back better in year two, in year three. I think he's probably going to be better equipped to play the five in year three. I, I think this might be the answer to this. It is Evan Mobley assumes more of a role becomes a better rebounder, and those lineups that got killed on the glass last year, maybe with some other tweaks, some schematic tweaks, some other personnel tweaks, those issues kind of get figured out because Evan Mobley is that good. That is simple. That is like a duh-like answer. That might be the answer. I think that might just be the answer here. I would rather bet on Evan Mobley taking a leap in that way than I would go invest money in a big. Give me Evan Mobley figuring it out and improving 10 times out of 10 more than I would. Let's go spend money on a big. I I would rather bet on my generational talent than I would like spend money on Mason Plumley. Sign me up for like veteran big X and Evan Mobley versus spending on a big. That's just me though. You could disagree. Let me know in the comments or or email the pod at lockdownkazagmail.com. I'm not really using Twitter very much. So let's get, let's get some names, though. Let's just finish this up. Let's hit some names. Isaiah Mobley is the one I'm going to go to first. Keep it in the Mobley clan. This is a two-way guy that I think they do like, that they've invested in a little bit, that they had their player development staff look at last year. I think he showed some things in the G League that are intriguing. He can pass. I think he's a really smart player. I think he could be a nice offensive piece with Evan if those two were to play together, if he were to, to play some backup five in that way. I need to see how he looks defensively playing at an NBA level. I think he's probably a little bit small right now to really bang on the inside. Jackson Flickinger, at me, text me if, if I'm wrong about this. Please do. Um, I went back and watched him tape, but I, I don't totally feel he's up for, for some of that stuff and, and kind of maybe hang, like being the real bruiser people maybe think they want. I think contractually, we're going to find out how the Cavs think about him as well. He was on a two-way deal. He will be restricted. Do they sign him to a real contract? Does he come back in a, in a certain way? I, I think we're going to find out kind of what they think of him as a prospect. Um, I, I, the other name, if you're talking about from that draft class, that they drafted is Khalifa Jeff. I don't think he's coming over. So that, that's not an option. Probably should have just taken a wing there. But, you know, it's not like wings win titles or anything. You know, not like Denver and Miami and... Boston and other teams that made actual playoff runs had a lot of wings that were helpful. Just, just saying. So, look, would 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 I like a flyer on Isaiah Mobley if I'm Cleveland? Yeah, I I would be for it. Use a roster spot. I I like the the upside. Give him a Kobe Altman special, three four years, some non guarantees in there. Let let's let's call it a day. I think some cost control, considering the cap stuff, would would be an advantage as well. But is he your locked up backup center option? Based on what we know right now, I would be skeptical that he would be ready for that. 
Mason Plumley would be a great veteran option. Could you get him for the minimum? Does he ring chase elsewhere? Open question. Good passer as well. Could really use that in some of the offensive stuff. I think that would give him more utility than Rolo ever could give you. I think that's a certainly a big plus for him. The passing stuff with Mobley could be really cool. The passing stuff to just give your offense some more layers would really be nice. What is he going to get on the market? What does he want? I, I He would be a name I call. I think there is some interest there. But is it reasonable? And would I spend like real money on that? I don't, I don't know if I would. I would rather chase wings before I like commit to like a one year, like 8 million deal or something for, for Mason Plumley. That's just me though. If you wanted to go like diet Mason Plumley, how about Thomas Bryant younger? He's really like diet. Nas Reed too. Nas Reed, by the way, would be the one I would spend money on. Cause that guy just is awesome, but uh, he's going to get more than the mid-level exception I would gather. So not going to talk about him. But I would say if you could get him in the mid-level, I would, I would do that. I would just do that because Nazareth's good and young. I would, I would do that. Thomas Bryant, no idea what he like, could have been after Denver um, or he was their like, big trade deadline acquisition that hasn't played. But like, would be a cool offensive-minded backup big, like some budget Nazareth energy there to me again. Um, Nasreed, again, going to make way more than the Cavs can afford. Could Thomas Bryant be like your cheap alternative to that? I, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that flyer. He's still pretty young, even though he feels like he's been around a while now. Has a skill set. Could give you a, some different energy there. Is he the banger you want on the inside? No. But offensively, could be fun with Mobley. Um, and you could, you could go that route with like your backup five to kind of be an offensive fit with Moby more than a defensive fit, which is not really like what the Knicks series would tell you they need. But I also wouldn't like rest all of my emotions about the Cleveland Cavaliers on them losing to the Knicks, even as tempting as that might be. Just like touch some grass, I guess would be what I would say. Dwight Powell, again, offensive option. Who Moby could cover for defensively. Not a spacer though. Does he solve your rebounding and size problem? I would argue no. Yeah, I would prefer Brian or I would prefer Bryant to him, I think. And then you have Bismack Biombo. You know exactly what you're getting there. Fouls, rim running, blocking shots. We'd not hate this. That's not a bad budget option. Another budget option, and hear me out. Andre Drummond. He has size, at least. He's bigger. I he's not that good, but um, you know, minimum. Bring him home. Here, here's the end of the day takeaway here. Unless you can get someone like Xavier Tillman, who I like, who has a club option, or like someone just, you get someone in a trade that we're not thinking about, whatever. It is not worth it to me to really invest in like a big backup center position. If you could get Thomas Bryant at 26 years old for like the minimum, do it. Some of these other guys at the minimum, do it. Why not? There's not a lot of risk there. You're not going to go spend on Brooke or Vucevic, you wouldn't fit anyway. Pirtle, like, I'm not a Christian Wood guy. Say, keep, keep that away from me if I'm Cleveland. You get down the list of free agents at Backup Center, like, there's not a ton of names there that I'm, like, juiced about, that I'm super, super excited. Like, I don't, Montrezl Harrell's not doing anything for me. Gogo Batadze, if his options decline, does not do anything for me. Like, Dwayne Dedman at 34 is not doing anything for me. Like, the, like these aren't real improvements over Brooke Lopez. And I think that might be okay. I think if they just get someone maybe different just for like the PR win and you take a a dice roll on Isaiah Mobley and you bet on Evan Mobley, I think that is a real path to solving this issue. Evan Mobley is probably just the Rubik's Cube solve for this. 
but I would like Biombo. I would like Bryant. I would call on Asreed. I would call on Mason Plumlee. I don't know if you're getting those guys. Plumlee might be the realistic-ish one just because maybe you split the mid-level and you get him at a good enough price. You could still go get a wing. But again, I would rather invest in the wing, take some minimums at the big, and bet on Evan Mobley. Theme for this week, folks. I'm betting on Evan Mobley being a, a freaking superstar. So, TLDR, I'm not that worried about the Cavs back of bigs. Do I think they could use someone better than, than Robin Lopez? Sure. Do I think it is like a paramount need? Nah, I don't. I'm betting on Evan Mobley ascending into a bigger role. All right, that's going to be it for today's show. Thanks for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every day. Every day is I'll be back tomorrow diving into Mobley at the five. Please tune in for that. I'll talk to you then. Thanks again to Jake Stevens for his work on production. Enjoy the hoops. 